Welcome to ETF Working Lunch, an ETF.com podcast in partnership with Women in ETFs. I'm Cynthia Murphy, here with my colleague Lara Krieger. Hello! And we get together with the smartest women in ETF business and talk about the trends of the day. Today's topic is awesome. We're talking environmental, social, governance, investing, ESG for short. You should have heard about it by now if you are in the know. We have a great <laughs> guest with us today, Linda Zhang. CEO and founder of Purview Investments, an RIA based in New York who focuses exclusively on ESG investing. She has a long track record in this industry. She's worked at Windhaven, BlackRock. We're excited to have you here, Linda, and can't wait to hear your insight. So you're very passionate about ESG, and we're going to get to that. But first, we hear you have some great news you'd like to share. Yes, I do. Hi, Laura. <laughs> Hi, Cynthia. I'm so happy to come to this working lunch <laughs> podcast. Uh, I do have a, a, a pretty exciting news to share. Uh, there's a company called Truemark, uh, and they are going to let uh, Purview uh, to sub-advise a actively managed uh, ESG ETF fund. And, and unfortunately, I couldn't say too much about it because in mm -hmm. theory we're in a quiet period, mm -hmm. but I definitely have more to update to both of you. Well, congrats. Your first sub role. How yes, exciting. it's very exciting. Uh, it is. What made you get into sub advisory? Sub, you know, I for many many years uh, I have always been a portfolio manager. So portfolio management, research, ETF research, ESG research is really in my DNA. And um, uh, companies now who wanted to come into ETF space, they uh, one of the ways to do that is to sub-advise uh, to experts in the fields, and that, that's how I was introduced to Trumark, and we find a kindred spirit, mm -hmm. and uh, we want to give this a try. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about where this passion for ESG comes from. You know, you're making a career out of really... <laughs> trailblazing in this space. So tell us what's driving it. I know uh, for too long, uh, I have been uh, in the traditional asset management industry um, pursuing the, the game of um, uh, finding the best return, portfolio return, subject to certain portfolio risks. I always felt like there's another dimension that uh, portfolio investment hasn't really addressed, that is what type of companies we're investing in? Are they representing the values that are uh, consistent with us? Um, what are your portfolio's impact to the environment, to a clean environment, and to an equitable society? Uh, and so these are the issues that, that are rarely addressed. So I felt like there's a third dimension. There should be a third dimension in a traditional return risk uh, um, uh, framework of traditional modern finance theory. The third dimension is the impact, portfolio impact mm. to the environment and to the society. So that's why three years ago I founded Purview Investments to try to, to crack the code. How do you build portfolios under the three dimensions? Wow. Uh, it, it, it's interesting because you hearing you talk about it sounds very much like a philosophy, a total portfolio uh, approach yes. to it. But you still 
turn on the TV, turn on CNBC or, or wherever, and you hear people talking about ESG as if it were just another thematic investment, right? Mm -hmm. The same that you would buy an ESG fund the same way that you'd buy a cloud computing ETF, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So so is that where we are as an ETF industry? Is, is ESG an investment theme? Is it a philosophy? Is it you know somewhere in between? What does it even make sense to invest only part of your portfolio in in ESG? That's right. I you know I think um, the ESG movement uh, has been uh, growing slowly, um, in particular in the ETF space. Mm. It has been sl slow in the past. Uh, three years ago, there were very few products out there. Uh, Eighty percent of ETF back then they were less than two years old back then, uh, three years ago. Um, but interestingly, the investor's awareness has been heightened. Uh, the globally, the there's a regulatory push for corporations to behave in such a way that they need to be responsible to the environment and to the community. So we have seen massive movement from corporate, uh, corporate world that they are moving toward more ESG world. Like BlackRock, right? BlackRock thinks big yes. letter mm -hmm. to investors about how BlackRock is going to be moving towards more of a climate sustainable approach. And Microsoft too came out with those, uh, you know, the big investment or a, a big announcement that they're moving totally climate negative by yes. 2050. And and JetBlue, right? One yeah. of the heavily uh, polluting industry, right? They are announcing a, um, a, tar a carbon neutral target. By, uh, ver by participating in reforestation projects, by upgrading their fleet, the more fuel-efficient fleet, and just buy more uh, efficient fuels. So we do see companies that, that, that are changing in such a way that I think uh, investors have to uh, separate, portfolio managers have to separate companies that have a plan to uh, operate in the future that is going to be more ESG principled, whether through consumer demand or through regulatory pushes. And companies who fail to embrace, embrace that future, one, you're going to have a higher regulatory risk. Two, you will, you, you, you operationally, you could be obsolete and uh, you, you, could, you could become uh, uh, irrelevant. In the mm -hmm. business world, but to to the skeptics out there, I mean, we could say that this is all in the plan phase. They're promising they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there a risk here that this is just an opportunity because everybody's talking ESG now to come out and say, "Look at all the changes we're going to make." So, as an investor, is it too early to jump in, or do you do you really believe these companies is this are going to do this? Is this the actual tipping point for ESG? Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, when I see the uh, the flows into ESG ETFs in 2019, mm -hmm. I think the wave is coming much quicker and it's getting so close to us. Uh, just give you an example. Uh, within a year, we have seen ESG ETFs just in the U.S. triple in AUM. Mm -hmm. uh, it's from a small base uh, now to uh, 19 to, to $20 uh, billion. Mm -hmm. And in terms of mega products, are, are people really investing, you know, do we have a billion dollar mega right. products? Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the year, there was only one. And now there's, at the end of the year, there is six. Mm -hmm. 
and and you look at who are participating in on the issuing space, uh, you have largest uh, you know top ETF issuers, asset managers uh, from BlackRock to DWS. They're number one, number two in terms of AUM mm-hmm. uh, BSG ETFs. Uh, to Vanguard, who didn't even have a strategy a couple of years ago, and now mm-hmm. they're raising raising asset rapidly. Uh, so I I, I think um, corporations are working on their targets. Their efforts can be measured thanks to a lot of ESG research companies, including um, MSCI, Bloomberg, uh, Sustainalytics. So the, the, there are um, companies who will hold company accountable. Uh, that measures your carbon intensity, your waste generation intensity per sales, mm-hmm. your 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 energy efficiency, your water usage efficiency. So so uh, I I'm pretty positive. I think companies have good intentions. They they recognize they need to do this and they have to do this to become competitive, uh, to become relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the perennial question, the question I am always faced with whenever I talk about ESG with anybody is is the one of performance, right? Mm-hmm. There's this persistent uh, perception mm-hmm. that investing according to uh, how you want to make an impact or investing according to sustainability leads to a, you know, a, a dent in performance. Mm-hmm. Now, you're an advisor who has built her entire business yes. around ESG investing. I'm guessing you don't buy into that perception so much. Yes, I, I don't. I, you are absolutely right. I, <laughs> uh, you know, purviews, uh, ESG, ETF managed portfolios are primarily, uh, vast majorities are self-labeled ESG ETFs. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of that not self-labeled, but if you look at carbon intensity, they're in 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus market average around 200 units, right? tons of carbon emission per million dollar sales. So I pers- uh, well, the strategy has been live for two years. So I have a track records, global multi-asset strategies that invest in global equity, global fixed income, uh, using primarily ESG ETFs. You know, it has vastly outperformed some of the better known uh, uh, traditional global multi-asset uh, in, in the industry. Yeah. So you can you can provide comparable, if not better, performance, uh, and 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 then have much lighter um, carbon impact uh, to the environment, for example. And you know one of the and you can actually make a statement. You know we're supporting companies who are uh, championing gender diversity. So one of the ETFs in the strategy is she. For example, you know that's mm-hmm. uh, so when you invest in purviews, uh, multi global multi asset strategy, not only you 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 know you can have a comparable if not better performance, but also they are just better portfolios uh, in in many ESG measure, measurements. Well, so why would ESG lead to alpha generation? What's the connection there? Yeah, I think the reason that ESG and long term all performance are related, it really has to do with the fact that the future of the economy is very much aligned with ESG principles. What I mean by that is uh, the future of the economy will be less dependent on fossil fuels, uh, whether it's in transportation, 
what is in, in energy sectors, we, you know, we're just going to use less and less fossil fuels. Um, companies who are transition themselves, they're transition leaders, they're going to be, do better um, in the future of economy. For example, electric vehicles, right? That is the way of the future. Uh, we could have never imagined right, that Elon Musk, uh, Tesla, you know, their cap, market cap could be as equivalent of you know, General Motor and, and Ford combined. Uh, and, and I think that's because they, they, they do represent, you know, Elon Musk's Tesla represents part of the future. So, so I think ESG principle and long-term performance are, are just, they're very consistent with each other. Well, what I think is interesting, if you are a true ESG believer, you're mm -hmm. an investor and you really want to apply that across your portfolio, uh, what do you do when you run across a segment where there are no ESG products? Because it's still such a new space. So many you know, products are coming up, but there's not that many. How do you navigate that obstacle of, I really want to stick to my ESG principles, but there's no <laughs> ETF here that covers this specific market segment? That's right. So currently, there are about, uh, in, in previous database, there are about 70 or so US-listed ESG ETFs. So you may be surprised. <laughs> so a lot of choose on the menu. <laughs> For example, there's no ESG real estate fund. That's there's no ESG... Um, Uni bond fund or something. That, so, that's right. That's right. Um, so uh, my philosophy is you don't necessarily have to have exposure to the nitty gritty of every single asset classes. Um, real estate. I think part of the reason is real estate is hard because right. right. <laughs> the, 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 it's only going to get harder as the seas rise. Yeah, yeah. Then, that's yeah. That, that, that's right. So so real estates there 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 are movements for sustainable building. You know in the real estate real estate uh, uh, industry, but vast majority of real real estates they do have. Tons of uh, carbon footprint, whether it's direct carbon footprint or mm -hmm. indirect, what we call scope two. That is how the, the heat, you know, the energy efficiency, uh, how much energy they use to heat or to cool buildings like this, that, that, that's capture scope two. So it's very hard to, uh, to find a lot of companies who have come to, uh, you know, the sustainable building uh, business. But I think uh, maybe sometime down the road, we could, we could find uh, uh, ESG real estate ETFs. But for now, there is, there's so much variety. There's ESG, domestic, large cap, small cap. There's, there's international, there's emerging, there's fixed income. And what I'm really excited about is there's in fixed income, if you really want to make direct impact, there's such a thing called green bond ETFs. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's two of them on the market. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. There's one from VanEck and there's one from... One from iShares. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. BlackRock iShares, yes. So what Green Bond, for those of you who haven't focused on this particular asset class, so these are fixed incomes issued by investment banks or corporations around the world uh, who use the proceeds to directly finance sustainable projects. You know, it could be a wind farm, it could be a sustainable airport in Mexico City. You know, it's uh, by investing in that, you're directly contributing uh, to, to reducing uh, the, the, the carbon footprint to, to the environment. Mm -hmm. So do you use green bond I ETFs? I do. Yes, I do. So the, the, two, uh, the two green bond ETFs, they're global in nature, so you mm -hmm. certainly 
uh, have exposure to um, uh, both U.S. and non-U.S., so you're clearly a subject to currency uh, uh, risks and opportunities as mm-hmm. well, uh, and it has certain type of duration uh, as well. So, so um, you know, one of the things about investing in, in ESG ETFs, just like invest choosing any ETFs, you have to understand the exposure, right? So the way we look at, we are picking that, uh, is ETF has to satisfy the purpose of on three dimensional. What is expected return? Uh, what is expected risk profile? And what is ex- what is expected impact um, hmm. uh, measurements? It's another sleeve of due diligence, right? That now is required. So if you are an investor, an advisor, anybody who hasn't really gotten into the space, but you want to do it, yes. do you have any tips, advice on how to navigate the space, how to compare these ETFs, what to look for? That's any, right. Any suggestions? Yeah, so I would start looking at your current portfolio. Um, which asset classes do you have exposure to? Well, most of us have U.S. exposure to U.S. large caps, right? So think about um, ESG-ness for a portfolio. Think of that. Think of it as a not as a target, but as a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like if you want to become vegan, it doesn't mean you have to become overnight. You can, you know, start mm-hmm. reducing the intake of meat, have right? Meatless Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can start it. Ask yourself what really resonates with you. Mm-hmm. You know, is it the raging fire from Australia to? To Brazil, to you know, to uh, to California, and the most effective way of reducing uh, the you know the, the climate risk is by reducing low lower carbon ETFs. So then you can ask yourself, you can do research. What are the U.S. large cap ETFs, ESG ETFs, that has the lowest uh, carbon intensity, for example? And those information actually freely available. You, know, you think you there's, is there depth of research that's easily available to find today? Yeah, so if you don't have the, you know, the, the, the capacity to do full research, you can actually go to ETF.com. Uh, I don't and know if you know our, that. Yeah. We have, well, yeah, yeah. We have on our site, yes. uh, you know, the MSCI ratings. Yes, yes. Um, and it breaks it down by, you know, yes. certain factors and It's so a on, great starting yeah. point. Well, right? nice plug, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> ETF.com slash the ticker you yeah. care about, whether it's SUSL, which is mm-hmm. one of the top uh, top, top uh, and cheap uh, ESG ETF out there, and it'll show what is the carbon footprint and some other measurements. And, and so that's a great starting point. Uh, another thing is I, I would do is I would look at top holdings, right? At least the top holdings, are they holding the companies that are inconsistent with, with your values? Right, uh, whether it's data privacy issues or CEO durality, meaning is the CEO also happens to be the chairman of the board. Uh, uh, you know, some high tech companies that the answer is yes, and some others is no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so um, there, there's a lot of little things you can start doing, and once you like a particular product, uh, and you can perhaps reduce a portion. Uh, of your exposure to U.S. large cap uh, by the ESG uh, ETFs. Mm-hmm. And you, similarly, you can look into, uh, you know, oh, but by the way, so in U.S., 
most of ET, regular ETFs carbon intensity is around 200. But if you look at ESG ETFs, especially low carbon intensity ones, you can cut the carbon intensity a lot of the time by half or even more. And and the reduction is even more ridiculous when it comes to emerging market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, traditional ETF to the uh, ESG one. One of it we, we use is EMQQ, is emerging market. Right. Yeah, emerging mm-hmm. market um, uh, internet uh, e-commerce ETFs. Mm-hmm. And the carbon f- pr- footprint of traditional one, let's say EEM, is over 350 uh, intensity and this one is only 21 wow so it's and that's a big reduction yes yeah. and last year even cuckoo happened to this particular uh, exposure um you know everybody was saying oh em lacks so much yeah the traditional ones yes uh, but this one actually outperformed smp last, last actually year. i think emqq has been outperforming Broad emerging markets ETFs every year yes, for, for a, while. a while. For a while, because on the investment cases, right, if you look at risk return, they're really focusing on the thriving part of the emerging markets, mm-hmm. right? And they actually, many of the companies are leaders in the global internet business. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, Tencent, you know, WeChat, which Dom and, and Alibaba, you know, mm-hmm. not only. Um, Alibaba is a giant, uh, is Amazon, but is also mobile pay. Together with Tencent's um, um, uh, WeChat pay, they dominate the mobile pay uh, uh, system in China, which we don't even have a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a viable mobile pay system here. Sure. So, so that's what's really exciting. You know, you got to invest in the future part of the economy. The company has to make sense on investment cases, on risk return profile. And also, they are, they are, they 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 are making an impact on environmental and social front. We probably should leave it at there. I think that's a great place to leave it. So thank you to our guest, Linda Zhang, for the actionable insights, the great perspective. Well, thank you for having me. Now it's time to order a glass of uh, <laughs> a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> that's for, that's for the second podcast. <laughs> For more information on this topic or on any ETF topic or to catch up on past episodes, please visit us at ETF.com. For more information on how to get involved in Women in ETFs, please visit WomenInETFs.com. You can write to us with your questions, comments, thoughts at ETF Working Lunch, that's all one word, at ETF.com. On behalf of Cynthia Murphy, myself, and the rest of the ETF.com team, thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode.